Hey there, Conquerors, and welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. This is Mike here, and I'm one of your co-hosts. And uh, today on the show, Alex and Josh are going to be completely missing. So uh, sorry, but you're going to have to put up with me for an entire interview. Uh, <laughs> but on a, on a more serious note, this is actually a really, really great interview. I'm talking with Dave Billiter today, and uh, he is the founder of Deep Lens. And Deep Lens is a really interesting product. Uh, they're focused on connecting people and patients with the right clinical trials at the right time. And uh, I'm sure you're going to ask, hey, what does that do? Well, uh, you're about to find out in the interview, but just to give you an idea of the vision of this this thing and the scope of, of Deep Lens, it speeds up the process, allows more people to get access to the clinical trials they need, and hopefully provides companies with more access to people that they need for these clinical trials. And if that speeds up that process, that's going to reduce the amount of time that goes into these projects, reduce the development cost, and ultimately reduce the cost to the patients on the front line when that clinical succeeds and becomes an actual medicine. So there's there's a lot that goes into this, and uh, Dave really, really helps walk us through it and talks through a lot of what they've got going on. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, I 100% know you're going to learn a lot from it. So uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. Today on the show, Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams. I'm truly never comfortable. When I'm comfortable, I'm bored. I just have to keep going. Only when you're a little bit scared are you in a place where you're about to learn something. We're explorers, and explorers are making discoveries because they are going places where people haven't before. Urban Meyer. There's one guarantee in this world, and that's hard work will be rewarded. And hard work, you have to embrace discomfort. I love how you said that, live uncomfortably. Donato's Jane Abel. We have a umbrella idea of agape capitalism, which is about doing business and doing it with love and giving back to the community. And I believe in our products, but more importantly, I believe in our people. Pelotonia CEO, Doug Ullman. There's this genuine pride for things that were born and raised in Columbus. And that's awesome. At the same time, there's this beautiful Midwest humility. People don't necessarily care about who gets credit. Cameron Mitchell of Cameron Mitchell Restaurants. One of our goals is to be better today than we were yesterday and better tomorrow than we are today, and that goal stays the same 24-7, 365. This is Conquering Columbus. Hey there, Conquerors. This is Mike here, and uh, normally I'd say we've got Tim and Josh over there, but Tim is out recording for his other podcast, Under Construction, which is a podcast focused on the crew, Columbus crew. So if you guys enjoy soccer and you want to hear more Tim, go check out his other show. Josh is out in Portland, and he's... Uh, MIA at the moment, so you can't really call in from Portland on a podcast, but uh, I'll be flying solo today. Uh, excited, though, because uh, we have a great guest with us today, and it is Dave Billiter. Dave has a diverse background spanning his 20-year career in healthcare and life sciences in both large corporations and startups, and prior to leading the creation of Deep Lens, Inc., Dave was the director of data strategy for Cardinal Health, and he developed data monetization strategies and new product development for the pharmaceutical and healthcare provider partners there. And before joining Cardinal Health, Dave worked in a variety of roles, including as the director of informatics at the Research Institute at Nationwide Children's Hospital and the impetus for Deep Lens, Inc. came from Dave's tenure there, and we'll talk more about that later. But we're really excited to have Dave on the show today to learn more about his life and career, as well as everything he's got going on today. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Dave. Great. Thanks, Mike. I'm uh, excited to be here today. Yeah, it's always fun to get to chat with people in the evenings and and uh, really appreciate you taking the time to Absolutely. stop by and talk with us. Yeah. But how's your day been going so far? Uh, very good. Always productive. Um, 
we got a lot of great things going on in the company. Obviously, in a kind of a different world right now with the pandemic, but uh, you know, uh, all good, adapt and overcome. Has that has that changed your guys's day to day much? Yeah, you know, I think when the pandemic was start, you know, first starting to really take over all the news outlets, we were on a really good trajectory. And and you know, when when it really started to hit was a little bit nervous just because of our focus in, in healthcare and, and pharmaceuticals. But it actually, because of our virtual aspect in the way that our Viper platform works, we actually saw an increase in opportunities that we saw over the last quarter. So, you know, it's still very challenging. Obviously, all the healthcare workers and specialists out there are, you know, still trying to overcome this significant pandemic. Um, with that being said, you know, our focus with clinical trials, those clinical trials still have to go on. You know, our platform can help really overcome some of those challenges that this pandemic has really pushed on the pharma industry as well as our healthcare providers. Right. And I guess that's maybe a good note. Can you tell us a little bit about Deep Lens Inc. and, and what you guys do? Sure. Absolutely. Um, Deep Lens, we're very, we're very focused on, you know, really getting the right patient on the right clinical trial at the right time. And, you know, that is when, when I started this company, we knew all the challenges just from our backgrounds, but this was really something where we looked at, you know, how clinical trials are managed today and, and really all the challenges. And that's really where we wanted to focus the technology and our solutions and services to really try to overcome some of these significant burdens to get individuals the opportunity to get enrolled on a trial because clinical trials today, those are treatment options. And there's, you know, with those hurdles, there's times when patients really don't get an opportunity to get that type of therapeutic experience. I, and I'd imagine that, you know, a lot of patients probably don't even know that that's an option. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, I think we've even found too, just because of sometimes the number of trials that are available at an, you know, at a provider, at a healthcare system, an integrated delivery network, a, a big comprehensive cancer center, there are barriers even in communication just because of numbers, sometimes lack of resources. And, you know, not only do the patients not know, there's even times when just because of the pure complexity in the environment that even the healthcare providers themselves may not even know that a patient has an opportunity at a trial. So, that's where, you know, really pinpointing our technology to, to overcome some of these barriers. Um, significant challenge, but, but I think a great opportunity for the patients out there. No, it makes complete sense. And uh, let's take a step back, though, sure. maybe, David, yeah. and talk a little bit about your background. Sure. So prior to, you know, let's, I mean, we can go as far back as you know, growing up, high <laughs> right, school, right. kind of the highlights sure. along your life sure. that led you to the path you're on today. Yeah, no, um, I'm from Ohio, actually Northwest Ohio. So I'm from Lima. Grew up there, actually went to Elida High School there in Lima. And then I didn't, I didn't venture too far from home for my undergrad. So I graduated from Ohio Northern University, played football and baseball there. So uh, sports were, were a very big part of my uh, uh, life, still are with, with the kids. But, um, and I mentioned that just because of, you know, the challenges that you face in sports. I think that mental aspect and even the physical preparation for athletics, I talk a lot about how that has been an impact just in, in life in general. And, you know, it, it's that type of, I'll say, value and structure 
that it's provided me to really, you know, dive into this world of being an entrepreneur and, you know, just that background and, you know, having that, you know, having that structure growing up has really led to, you know, making, making a, a venture down here. So after I graduated from Ohio Northern, moved to Columbus, and that's really where, you know, I jumped into the technology field initially being a part of a, a fantastic group here locally that was focused in IT, specifically the software side and doing consulting and staff augmentation. What did you, what did you study while you were at school? Yeah, so I was very focused in, in business and also did sports management just with my athletic background. Wanted to really combine the business elements, but that's really where you know, some of the courses that I was taking just in the technology side, and it was very early on, I'm, I'm older, so it was very early on. And, you know, just seeing the opportunities that I felt technology was going to provide, it, it also is what led to my targets when I moved moved down here to Columbus. Okay. Okay. So you get into the technology space, yep. and this was a software provider that we were Absolutely. talking about. Sorry, sorry yep. to sidetrack. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So software, staff augmentation, but really focused in the, the software realm. And it, it's, it's interesting because that opportunity that I had here, back then it was called Maxim Group. Maxim's now a big part of a big group called Tech Systems. A lot of folks know them here locally and nationally. Uh, but that's actually what led to me building relationships with, at the time it was Columbus Children's Hospital. So built relationships there, and it actually led to my next opportunity at uh, now Nationwide Children's Hospital. And so, and that is that when, and it was a Datatronics, data, data. So hold on, I'm going to go back and look yeah. at this title because I don't know what it means. So I'm guessing that there are people out there informatics. wondering informatics. Informatics. Yeah. There we yeah. go. So, you know, I always, I always like to describe informatics is especially in a more of a research setting, it's looking at how, how do you actually utilize data, whether it's from an analytical perspective or looking at opportunities to use information, hence where the informatics come from, but really utilizing information to solve problems specifically in the, in the healthcare sector. So it's kind of like, I mean, you know, in a non-healthcare sector, you've got like a director of business intelligence or Correct. someone like that yeah. that's just analyzing your data and, exactly. and you pointing study, out issues. Right. You right. study yep. that. You're really, really focused in on the data. Okay. Correct. What drew you to that? I think the challenges, um, you know, when, when I first entered the space, much more in kind of a focused PM role and then continued to uh, make my way up the ranks, but, you know, it's always really focused on just the problems that we were trying to solve and, and looking at just this tsunami of data that was coming through healthcare and, you know, technology was rapidly growing and then you, you know, added in, you know, the genomics aspect. So there was always just more and more data and you didn't always have systems, processes, resources to really handle all that. So I think, you know, what drew, drew me to it, Mike, was, was the challenge itself, um, but even more so the opportunities. And I think, you know, the time that I spent working with at Nationwide Children's, you know, the top pediatric specialists here in the United States and even sometimes globally, like, you know, Nationwide Children's attracts a significant amount of talent here. And, you know, having the opportunity to sit with those specialists um, to hear the challenges that they face throughout their day. I was always trying to connect, okay, if if this challenge you're faced with every day, if there's an element where we can put together mobile applications or data analytics or any of these types of solutions to make their jobs not just easier, but more effective is really what drew me to that field. 
and and this is how I mean you're thinking about these things. Right. Obviously, this is where you got the idea for Deep Lens. So, how did that come about? Yeah. Did you just start running into people saying, "Hey, I'm having trouble yeah. finding clinical trials yeah, for no, my patients." Yeah, no, I think it's uh, when you when you really look at I'll say what put all this together for me to to start the company. It was definitely a big part of what was really, you know, my experience at Nationwide Children's and and, and not just there. Nationwide Children's is, like I said, a, a really a global leader in pediatrics. And, you know, I had the opportunity to participate in some very large National Cancer Institute um, initiatives like the Cancer Genome Atlas Program and leading some of the efforts for the Children's Oncology Group and Gynecologic Oncology Group. So, you know, I was really exposed not just to the internal initiatives, but even more so externally, just because of the prowess that NCH has in those those programs that they were a part of. And I think it was the culmination of what I was learning there. And then the experience I also had at um, Cardinal Health, and it was really bringing all that together. And it continued to, I would say, always be glaring me in the face about this opportunity to what I describe as the pharma groups that are, you know, developing the drugs and running the clinical trials and, and putting together these life-saving therapies out there, they were still facing challenges with, you know, getting their drug to market, getting it through the phases, and those phases involve clinical trials. And they were consistently challenged with getting patients enrolled on trials. Sites were then, you know, the sites that are actually running the trials were always challenged. So I kept seeing this over, for you know, for years, seeing this over and over. So that's really where the, I would say, the combination of those two very significant experiences in my career is really what led to the idea of, okay, if, if we want to try to get further upstream, get connected to the patient or really earliest stages at that point of diagnosis, how, do we, how can we start identifying patients, right, at that nearest point? And, and that was a really big deal, Mike, because as pharmaceutical, you know, the drug makers, these therapies that they're coming up with, it was, we're, we're really starting to realize what precision medicine or personalized medicine is. And that's, you know, constructing a drug that is specifically to you. But as exciting as that is, it also presents itself with some significant challenges and those clinical trials get very complex. And, and that's, you know, that type of challenges is really where we created, you know, this company with its multiple aspects to get further upstream at the point of diagnosis, which, you know, our roots are in pathology. So the pathologist is pretty much involved at a very high percentage of doing the diagnosis. So it's those roots of pathology that we have really constructed this platform um, from its baseline to start with pathology and then really roll out through the entire care team to make sure that every patient, they all have an opportunity at these cutting edge therapies through this clinical trial work. Our first sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So you spent some time, you left Nationwide, right? Right, right. And then you went to uh, Signet Excel. Correct. Which was yep. a startup. And Correct. then you moved to Cardinal Health. Correct. So you took a couple side stops along yeah. the way. 
when did it hit you like, hey, I really need to actually go out and make yeah. this company? Yeah, I, well, I, you know, I'm glad you you brought up Signet as well. Um, Signet was a startup that was uh, established with some technology out of Ohio State, and you know, I worked with some brilliant people there in starting that company. And that experience itself, just in I was employee one, we were starting a new company. Technology spun out of a, a local university. You know, there there was a lot of just growing that I did individually. And, you know, combining Nationwide Children's, Signet, and then the work that I was doing at Cardinal Health, it was, I think, really when Cardinal Health, when I was working there, um, I always had the idea. I think it was then that it was just kind of, you know what, now's the time. I'm seeing that these barriers, right, these hurdles are not, no one's knocking them down the way that I had in my mind. So, you know, it's, uh, it was the opportunity of, Hey, I'm still somewhat young let's, let's take a crack at this thing. Yeah. And so it's funny because I think that a lot of, so something that we've noticed with entrepreneurs on our show and people who yeah. started their own companies, right. They're like, so I just went and started a business, <laughs> right? Like it's right. that easy. Like it just did, you know, yeah. a day I had a business that was it. So, but what would it actual, like, like Josh likes to say when he's on the show, the zero to one look like. Yeah. How did you actually go and uh, go about, hey, I'm going to go start a business. Did you start working on the product? Did you yeah. go hire people? Like, yeah. what was your strategy? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. Um, I would say the first challenge was going to my wife and saying, hey, I'm going to leave this uh, job at Cardinal Health and go start this new job. And, you know, I was, luckily I'm, I'm, I'm supported um, at home. And then she was like, yeah, just, you know, I can see your passion for it. Go make it happen. After I got over that, that one, you know, what I did first is, um, and I think this is, you know, really important because I get asked this question and I, I feel very strongly about it. Any new entrepreneur, um, I felt it was important that, you know, I look myself in the mirror and go, okay, what am I good at, right? What do I know? And, and honestly, more importantly, what do I, what don't I know? And I, and I thought about that. And then, you know, when I made that list, I thought of two people that can fill those gaps. And I made those phone calls. And one individual is Simon Arkell. He's in Southern California, serial entrepreneur, um, has been very successful at raising money. And that's something that I had never done before. Um, so that was, you know, I had to check that box. And then when I look at um, really commercializing a product and understanding the complexities that that we were trying to overcome, especially with a two-sided market, healthcare systems and then big pharma, I needed someone that had much more, uh, I'll say, a deeper knowledge um, and appreciation of the science, as well as being able to take a I'll say an academic solution and really build it into a commercial product. And that was my other gap that I was filling, which is um, with someone here local, um, Dr. TJ Bowen, um, who I've known for a very long time. He was also at Cardinal Health. We were in, in different areas, but worked somewhat together. But that was that was the first thing is, I, you know, I got to surround myself with, with very strong individuals. And I did that. We came together after I basically put together a strong pitch to get them on board and they were excited about it. And then, you know, from there we knew we needed to, we started doing, basically putting together the company, getting it incorporated, but obviously um, you, you need to raise some dollars. And that right. was our next step. And timeline wise, when was this? This would have been, um, we incorporated the company really, you know, in on paper in um, late 2017, early 2018 is, you know, February, March timeframe of 2018. 
is really when we focused in on really putting together some initial seed dollars, mm-hmm. right? And this is all pre-revenue, right? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And a, and a big part of that, Mike, was, again, I talked about Nationwide Children's, but we actually did an exclusive license for technology that I was an inventor on at Nationwide Children's to build that license agreement, get that exclusive license agreement, and then basically transfer the technology out of Nationwide Children's to actually help you know, set up as part of Deep Lens. And those early dollars and those early steps were very critical. So we had to, you know, raise enough dollars, get some early software engineers that can get the tech transferred and really start building up the company value prop, looking at pricing models. So all those factors, again, I think it's a great question because it's not easy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and right. Everyone hears that, but it, it took a lot of, um, a lot of late nights, early mornings to work through all these early stages of, of the company. And then it was really as we got, you know, somewhat of it, it structured and put together what we felt was a really strong value prop and pitch deck. We hit the streets to to go raise some dollars. Was there, I mean, was there ever a point where you're like, man, I'm not sure if we're going to get this funding or if, you know, or did was was it received well from investors? Yeah, I think, I don't know how many versions we went through just in our initial pitch deck. I think what what was always received well was one the problem that we were solving um, was always received well. I think from from my perspective, what really closed the opportunities with both the dollars that we raised in our seed round and then rapidly right after that closed our Series A investment round. It was the combination of you know you hear this, but it was a combination of team and you know the problems that we were trying to solve and the opportunities that we were able to you know really capture. But it was our business model. It was our business model that I felt was a differentiator, especially you know we were we're in and still plays very strongly into um, what we're doing today. But it was the business model, Mike, that I think really made our approach stick. So what was what was unique about it? Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we, we first started raising dollars, we were always, you know, really focused. Um, we were focused on pathology because that was our roots, but we were coming at it with this different idea of, you know, let's start identifying, tracking patients at that point of diagnosis um, to, to really flag those individuals and educate and communicate to get the, the patients on the trial. But one of the things, and, and, and it's funny because me, TJ, and Simon, when I started this, you know, when we started this company, the first thing I said is, listen, we got to get, we got to get it, you know, this business model right. And I didn't start the business to go try to squeeze dollars out of health systems because I've done it, you know, I worked in it and I've done it before and it, it is very challenging because um, they're not all just sitting on piles of money. And, you know, the thing that I thought is, you know, maybe if we can look at some of these, you know, other models that are out there, could we look at taking a solution, right? Our Viper platform going into healthcare providers, whether it's comprehensive cancer centers, you know, community oncology clinics and saying, we know you have these problems, you know, verify, validate that they have those problems and then give them the software, Mm -hmm. right? So they like that value prop. Right. So, you know, give the software to them, help support them. And we, we do it in a unique way. But then with that, you know, we're a business, we're a for profit business. So we do have to make money. And that's really where we came up with, hey, let's let's 
provide advantages to the providers. Um, you know, give them this technology that that has a lot of advantages to them. But then let's also knowing that the pharma companies are also trying to solve the same problem. Meaning, let's get patients on these trials so that we can get this drug to market. Um, we can monetize there, and it was that business model, that approach, that was attractive to investors. And it's, it's really very attractive today to what I call our, our two-sided, right? Um, our business model, which is the health systems, the providers, and then, you know, monetizing on the pharma side. Yeah. So it's almost, you know, it's that two-sided marketplace where, you know, it's the chicken and the egg problem, yeah, right? Exactly. So do I get the people I'm trying, like, do you <laughs> right. get the people that are paying or do you get the people that are, that are yeah. you know, joining the platform first? But I mean, it sounds like you guys found a pretty good way to move because- selling hospitals something for free isn't hard, right? right and healthcare right. providers, it's like, hey, yeah. it's free right. and it's going to solve a problem. Great. Yeah. And then very clearly, the pharmaceutical companies are like, yeah, right. we really need access yeah. to these patients. So it, it makes total sense to me that it would it would be exciting to yeah. investors. Has it played out well that way yeah, since? Yeah, so Mike, I think you, you were nailing it there. And we talked about it a lot internally. Um, and it's like, you know, when you need, we, we refer to it as a footprint, right? Of provider footprint, the hospital systems. And I think, you know, where, where we were able to execute is, um, we had one of our initial providers in Southern California, uh, a great cancer center there that, you know, when we came to them, it was great timing for them because they were really trying to find a way to basically do what we were trying to accomplish, which was get more of their patients on clinical trials. And, you know, they, they had some challenges themselves. So they're like, hey, you know, this is a great opportunity. Um, let's try it. And I think, you know, one of the things that not just the technology solution, Mike, is is a value prop. And, and yeah, we're not going to charge you a subscription fee or anything. But what we also do is we we really get to understand the dynamics of the patient population. And if they have goals for specific tumor types that they really want to try to drive more cutting edge clinical trials and those therapies, we get to understand that. And then we actually, we call it our matchmaking component. We actually go out and work with our pharma partners that are running those types of trials and try to get those embedded at that specific health system. So it was really great timing because this hospital system really wanted to continue to increase the number of trials that they were running. So, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to accomplish was there's there's companies out there, you know, our competitors that talk a lot about the technology and the AI, but there's a lot of statements there. So one of the things that we really wanted to do to differentiate ourselves is put some real data behind it. So we actually ran a study. Uh, we ran a study with this health system and we were able to show some really exciting results. I mean, we actually got those results published. So that's been a significant key to our activities. And it also proved to that health system that, wow, yeah, you can talk about it, but you actually put some real results and data behind it. And that's been a significant factor to us that, you know, also allows us to grow with that data to going to other providers, as well as showing the actual pharma, the drug producers that, hey, look what we can do with this solution. So it's, we are executing on that. Things are going very well there. With that being said, you always run across challenges and, you know, we want to continue to more importantly, get the word out about Deep Lens and our platform and, you know, our publications to show that we can do what we say we can do. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. 
The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So what's the what's the footprint look like today for the provider? Yeah, so we we have a trajectory of 70 sites that we're actually going to be r- running um, the Viper platform by the end of the year. And that's pretty significant seeing that we really kicked off, you know, we, d- we did a lot of development work in 2019 and really started our, our value proposition late 2019. Well, and as we all know, healthcare providers always move really quickly <laughs> to implement yeah, anything though. Yeah, no, I, it's, a, it's a great point. And I think, you know, even going back to the challenges, even though we're going into providers and saying, yeah, it's free, there's still challenges there because, you know, they're, they're treating patients every day. They're dealing with a pandemic. Um, dollars are already, you know, assigned or resources, more importantly, are already assigned to focus on certain projects. So, you know, we still face those challenges. But again, I think what we've done with our model, just the problems that we're solving, you know, the, the cost to the provider themselves, and, and more importantly, the value prop right? Being able to bring more trials, potentially even, you know, shifting resources that we're spending a lot of time on this and allowing them to go focus on other areas. There's a lot of value that we're providing to hospital systems, which then in the end really looks like a better solution for the pharma folks. Makes sense. So what's the, how's the team changed over that time? Is it still just the three of you or do you have more people joining the team? Yeah. So I kind of figured. (laughs) Yeah. As as we can uh, continue to develop the product, um, we had areas that we knew we needed to grow, right? So we were adding, you know, data scientists to help in our, the, the AI components and features that we have in our platform. You know, a big part of growing our team as we were going out and, you know, um, configuring and implementing the Viper platform at the provider side, it was important to us that we added a customer success um, um, group within our company. We've grown that. Um, and then, you know, if you look at just marketing and sales, we've continued to grow that unit. So we're, we're at 21 individuals right now, um, predominantly here in, uh, Columbus, Ohio in our office here, but we also have representatives, um, you know, in, in, in several areas throughout the United States. Okay. And what does the future look like? So what, what is your trajectory? Where are you guys seeing yourself you know, as far out as you look, three, five, ten. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I think it's a really exciting time, even with all the challenges that we faced during the pandemic. You know, what the pandemic has done specifically in healthcare is really, I'll say, just kind of allowed folks to take just a step back to look at maybe some other ways to utilize technology and you hear a lot about digital transformation right now. I think it, you know this this you know really challenging situation that we're dealing with has really allowed some different views on how to use technology. And you know we play right into that mix. So when I look at you know, I think a lot about tomorrow, Mike. But if you know my crystal ball, if I look at you know two to three years down the road, we we are that name, right? Deep Lens is that solution provider when you know pharma folk folks are looking at, hey, I'm running trials. I need to rapidly speed up getting my trials done to get this drug to market because it could have a significant impact on this patient population. They need to turn to deep lens, right? And more importantly, even on the other side is the providers going, hey, we want to increase, you know, these new precision therapies that are coming, you know, coming to market. 
we need opportunities and solutions that allow us to facilitate those trials to make sure that any patient that walks through our doors has that opportunity at that life-saving therapy. And we want to make sure from a patient experience that our, those patients have those opportunities and those providers, they turn to deep lens. It's the name that they go to and the solution that they go to. And, you know, if we're doing that and obviously a big vision there, but if we're doing that, you know, we started this company very focused with the patient in mind. And if we can do those things uh, with our pharma partners and our provider partners, we're realizing our mission and vision. And, you know, every patient that, you know, has the opportunity related to deep lens solutions and they're going to facilities or community oncology groups, they have the opportunity to get access to that trial. And that, that'll, that'll be a big win for us for sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a big vision, but it, you know, there's a lot of positive outcomes from it. I mean, not only on the front end, so correct me if I'm wrong, but not only on the front end are you getting patients access to cutting edge trials that they might not have access to, but by reducing, hopefully by reducing the amount, the the clinical time, yeah, you're reducing overall costs of manufacturing, you which reduces the actual price for patients once you it actually it. gets rolled out. You nailed it. And I think, uh, Mike, that's actually a really good job. Those are the factors when we look at always looking at value proposition, right? You know, what are, what can this technology um, really solve? And those are aspects that the value prop that we provide to pharma is, you know, cost reduction <laughs> that not, not, not just for them, but, you know, on the other side, but it's, you know, they're spending, right? The, 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 the amount of dollars that are spent per day that their drug doesn't get to market is a very significant number. So it's a win-win scenario, right? And it's a win-win across many aspects of the drug maker, the providers, and then the patient. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that on that note, this is completely sidetracking me now, but, you know, the whole, well, it only costs $2 a pill to manufacture that pill. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you don't count all of the research that right. went into right. it. So, you know, I think that Overall, it's a big problem and it's it's a big one to it tackle. Is. So you need a big vision for it. So it is. And that and, you know, you just nailed it. And that's where, you know, we took time and and really looked at the numbers and did our homework on why we constructed our business model the way that we did. And, you know, even with the commercialization being very focused um, and the monetization being very focused on pharma, the value prop is there. And, you know, those dollars that they're willing to spend you know, you play out that um, return on investment for them. It's significant. Hey there, Conquerors. We want to take a quick moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Studio 301. Kyle and his team have helped us redesign our website, taking the podcast in a new direction that we truly love. And we have some incredible guests here on the show. And Studio 301 has given us a website that reflects the caliber of the people that join us. And the Studio 301 team can help you with everything from brand strategy and redesigns to market research, videography, social media overhauls, and a whole lot more. You can go check them out at studio301.org. That's studio301.org. Our listeners out there, a lot yeah. of them are young professionals, entrepreneurs, yeah. folks 25, 35 right. range. And a lot of them are thinking about becoming entrepreneurs. Yeah. So for those of them out there that are thinking, hey, I have this business idea I've been chewing on or, you know, I'm not really sure if I want to take that leap. What advice yeah. would you give them? Yeah. First off, I'll say uh, run with it, you know, explore that more, more, more structured in my answer is, you know, there's groups here in town in Columbus, Ohio, Rev One. 
is it's actually when I first thought of this idea and was really constructing uh, my thoughts on the business for Deep Lens, I turned to, you know, um, folks that I knew at Rev1 to really help mold, you know, okay, great idea. Now, what, now what do we need to do? And I, you know, I feel, I feel very lucky, you know, living here in Columbus that I had access to, to, uh, um, you know, a facility, a great group of people, very knowledgeable group of folks that I could turn to, to take an idea and really start working through, I would say more of a calculated process, um, and actually put support around you. So I would, I would tell the, the, you know, the listeners right now that if you have that idea and even if it's very early stage, reach out to folks at Rev1. And I know here in Ohio, there's many other incubators and, and a lot of folks that can help support you. Reach out, um, even, even if it is early stage, and really help you start focusing in on the core components of taking an idea and walking it through its phases to, to really realize your, your new business. I think that's first and foremost. The second, the second really is, is take a chance. Take a chance, but as much as you can, try to calculate it. Right. And that's, you know, that's where, you know, leaning on those that have been there, done that, like folks at Rev1, I think that can help, you know, somewhat mitigate any risk that you're thinking of. Um, but it's, you know, again, still providing that structure to realize your idea. Right on. And uh, Dave, our last question of the show yeah. centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus. And that theme is live uncomfortably. Yeah. And without, <laughs> yeah, probably don't need to tell you why yeah. we picked that for a podcast about entrepreneurs and business leaders. Yeah. But what do you think of when you hear the phrase, how does it apply to your life and career? <laughs> Man, I think uh, living uncomfortably, um, one, I think that's a great, great uh, theme. Um, I do that every day. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things, you know, even in my role, I had to be very uncomfortable with, you know, admitting I don't know everything. Um, and I think that's significant when starting a business. And, you know, that's that first exercise I did when I had to look myself in the mirror and, and sit there and admit to myself, I'm not good at certain things. And that's uncomfortable. Um, and consistently do that. And, you know, even as you walk through the earlier stages, um, there is going to be uncomfortable conversations. There's going to be uncomfortable scenarios that come to you throughout business, whether, you know, it's selling, whether it's your product, you have to be, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable <laughs> in, in essence, but also knowing that being uncomfortable is a part of the nature of, of being an entrepreneur. And the more that you embrace it, the more that, you know, you can look at, at solutions to really build yourself out of that uncomfortable state. But again, it's, it's part of the mix. It's part of the ingredients in being an entrepreneur, but it's, it's something that I do every day. And you're always having some element of being uncomfortable and, you know, things that I, you know, as a CEO, it's always thinking about raising money and, you know, dollars and, you know, all those things are in essence somewhat you're uncomfortable. But the more that you educate yourself, the more that you surround yourself with knowledgeable and, and great team players like we have at Deep Lens, the more that that uncomfortable state can be a little bit more of a norm and you get comfortable with it. 
Well, Dave, that's a great answer. And uh, thanks so much for joining me Absolutely, today on the show. Mike, it was it's a been pleasure. a blast. This yeah, is great, great, man. I really, really appreciate it. it. And uh, Conkers, thanks so much for tuning in. That was Dave Belter of Deep Lens. If you enjoyed that episode, subscribe on whatever podcast app you're listening on, and you can hear more of these interviews every week. But uh, appreciate everybody tuning in and all of your support. We'll talk to you next week.